Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake, if you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way that will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. Hi there, welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your host and professor, Anna David. You know what we do here. If you don't know what we do here, then my God, welcome to this podcast. This is where we talk about how to turn, uh, how to publish a best-selling book, make it into uh, something that really helps build your business. And today, I'm super excited. This is a guest that I that I pursued, a stranger I pursued. Normally, I don't do that. It's either someone I know or someone who's like maybe pitched me or whatever. I pursued this guy, and he is. This is such a marvelous interview. I reached out to him. His name is Paul Angoni. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right. It might be Paul Angoni. It's embarrassing because he tells me in the interview you're about to hear. But basically, I reached out to him uh, because I wanted to talk about turning a course into a book. Uh, but it, but but it turns out he actually turned his book into a course, and and so that's why that's what what really essentially we're supposed to be talking about but then his story is so interesting he talks about struggling to sell a book and then ending up having a book that sold over 100,000 copies is for sale at Target and Hudson you know those airport bookstores and so much more so you got this is such a good one and uh you want to grab the show notes because uh you can get links to to where you can get his book uh, get his course, get all the things. And so with that, I give you either Paul Angone or Paul Angoni. Paul, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. Okay. As I told you, I stumbled across you because I was trying to find people who had successfully taken courses and made them into books. Somebody did a blog post about you. I reached out. Turns out your story is infinitely more interesting than that. And you have so much to share with my listeners. So tell me about your journey. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. This is an honor being here, Anna. Um, you know, I started as a 21, 22-year-old thinking I was going to write a best-selling book. And then I quickly realized how difficult that is and mm. how long of a journey it is. And I wanted to write a book about helping confused, broken, hurting 20-somethings because mm. I was a broken, hurting, confused 20-something. So it was built out of this own passion of mine. But then I began that long, ardu- arduous journey of how do you get published so I was working on this book, working on this book, had every publisher around turn me down. And this is over the course of seven to eight years. Wow. So, so there's a lot that goes in there of being unemployed, of working random jobs, of going back to school, getting married, you know, doing life, but always kind of keeping this dream of, I want to write a book someday. And I really want to help 20 somethings. And there's really not that many books to do that. And I think right. this is important. So I'm going to keep leaning into this. 
So the long short and short story of it is I ended up ending the contract with my literary agent because typically you need the literary agent to get you in the game. Yep. They're, you know, they're one of those gatekeepers that still plays an important role. Yep. But I just saw the writing on the wall because every publisher would say, we like your book. We like your voice, but we can't publish an unknown. Yep. You're, you're, you're nobody. You got to build a platform. So that's when I started hearing about platform. So I started my website called allgrownup.com. Grown spelled G-R-O-A-N. That's right. Growing, you know, like your grow, growing pains. Yep. And um, started blogging. You know, this is when blogging was a big deal. What and, year uh, was this? Gosh, that is a great, great question. I, uh, let's see. I started 3-8-2011 because I thought it was really funny that 3 and 8 added up to equal 11. So that's you how know, I know Paul's it. Paul's got an interesting sense of humor. He found and, that and hilarious. <laughs> I made postcards too. I literally, Great. we just had our first child and I have memories of my wife and I making little postcards to mail out to our friends for a website launch. That's adorable. You know, th- this is us trying to do the best we can. Yeah. Right? So I blog for a while, realized that blogging's harder mm. and finding an audience online is not just easy. Mm-mm. After about a year of doing the blog, and, 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 and again, I'd been working about eight years uh, on this, making very little money, working a full-time job in marketing now, mm-hmm. and just doing all this at six in the morning or at lunch or late at night, um, I wrote an article called 21 Secrets for Your 20s. I just threw this article, this list up. Uh, and before I did that, my wife and I had a very serious discussion of like, when is enough enough? When do you need to quit? Yep. Like, when are you beyond being stubborn? And now, and beyond being passionate, and now you just got to see the writing on the wall yeah. that that's not going to happen. And, and she was right. And I was like, you're, you're right. I'll give it a few more months. You know, I was at, at my deadline back against the wall type experience. So I just threw up this article, this list, 21 secret your twenties, uh, not thinking much about it. Yeah. And then it went crazy viral and mainly through the social media platform of Pinterest, which is so bizarre, which I wasn't on. Really? So somebody saw it, some confused 20 something and posted it on Pinterest and it just went crazy. Crazy. Like they posted the, you know, 21 secrets, your twenties blog image that I created within like three minutes, just threw it up. Yeah. They post that image. And, you know, I was literally having that moment, which I I never experienced this before. One where you can like, I was refreshing my screen and you could see this share totals, like jumping by 50 by a hundred. I mean, it was happening right in front of my eyes. But then also my website started crashing, which again, I didn't, I didn't know that could be a problem. Dream of the day of this quality problem. I I never had that issue. So I'm like in the back room of my marketing office, like pleading with my server to like, please put me like, this is the time that I've been hoping for, for eight years, you know, where, where publishers were continually telling me, prove it, prove it, prove it. And now it was happening. Yeah. So long story short, that got me my an author friend was excited and put me in contact with their publisher. So a blogger author friend who I'd been networking with for years was like, Hey, I've signed a deal with these guys. I think they would love you. Mm-hmm. Let me introduce you to. And, um, I pitched them the book I'd been working along, uh, at all along. Cause I'd been working at the same book for years. They said, no, we don't want to publish that, mm-hmm. but do you have something else? Cause you got so much momentum going on right now. Yeah. So I really fell into then the idea. I was actually, I remember talking to Jenny Blake, who a lot of people know, you know, yeah. great author, friend of mine. And we were even brainstorming. It, it was like in that conversation, we were like, well, how about you do 
like 101 Secrets to Your 20s. It's got its own kind of brand and momentum. Yep. Turn turn that into a book. And uh, the publisher loved the idea. They gave me a month deadline to turn that blog post into a book. Wow. And I'm not I'm not over exaggerating. Well, because they wanted to. That's so rare, but they just wanted yeah. to capitalize on the momentum, which is to their credit. And they, yeah. I mean, they were an old school publisher, but they were thinking, yeah. I mean, especially my acquisitions editor. You know, and that's if you can find an acquisitions editor, and this is a whole nother story that is aligned with you, that's thinking the same way you are. I mean, it's it's like magic. You know, mm, to, never to happened to me, but I believe you. <laughs> I had that experience on this one. Yeah, and so I just you know. Uh, basically it was nine, 10 years of waiting and struggling mm. and building a foundation yep. so that when a viral moment happened for me, there was a lot to land on for readers. You know, it's that whole kind of okay. like creating an overnight success in 10 years. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was an overnight success. It wasn't like everybody knew who Paul Angoni was all of a sudden, but I finally had that my foot in the door type moment where I got paid a whopping $5,000, you know, that was your for my advance. Book. Yeah. That was my advance for my but first book. How much did you earn in royalties? Well, so since then, so that's why I also encourage people like, who cares about your advance? Like, yeah. Like, it's great to have guaranteed upfront money. Like, don't get me wrong. But to be able to pay back your advance quickly, especially for your first, first book, to not have that pressure, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. And then, and then also, so 101 Secrets to Your 20s comes out. And I had marginal success. It wasn't a it wasn't a New York Times bestseller. It wasn't blazing through 10, 20,000 copies within the first two weeks. It was a long game, became a perennial seller yep. that I just kept putting in more work into, you know, doing interviews where I can, speaking engagements, just just building it as much as I I could. You know, and I think within the first year it sold 10,000 copies. Which was great, which I was a lot of copies over the top. I mean, because again, people that aren't in this world, they don't realize how hard and how unusual that can even be. You know, everybody just thinks like 10,000, you know, who cares? Yeah. Um, But but then since then, it just kept slowly building. It found its home on Amazon, which was a huge help with other books that were coming out at the same time, like the defining decade and adulting, you know, similar type books in the same yeah. space. I keep thinking about adulting. I remember I read that. Yeah. You know, and we didn't know, none of us knew each other. And, yeah. and but it was like that, that moment in time where, where all of us were feeling the same thing in different yeah. ways. And they were New York, you know, their big New York budgets uh, were helping my smaller publisher oh, budget yeah. because I was on the coattail. We were all on the coattails of each other, really. It's the customers who, who bought also. Yeah, bought. exactly. So we were linked up quite a bit and especially defining decade. Cause she had just did um, NPR uh, Meg J and then she had a Ted talk. Wow. So she like really went crazy with sales. So yeah. then you have my little 101 secret your twenties getting saddling, you know, saddle up right next to her and being buddy buddies. Um, and that was a huge help to me. So long story short, it, it was like five, six years after that book came out that I was then got into Target, got into Sam's Clubs and airport bookstores. I didn't really have any retail placement oh, for that is five, such six years. A great success. So it, it really unusual. It's really unusual. And I totally get that. Um, but it was, it did start with that, you know, turning a blog post in the book. And, and that's how it started. And to be clear, now it's over 120,000 copies and there's over yeah. 1,700 reviews on Amazon. Yeah, it's it's so wild, you know, and that's when you say like, 
your dream, you know, obviously your expectations, like they can get dashed and crashed and spit up so many times when you're pursuing something that's important to you. But then there's also also these rare occasions where it will go far beyond where you ever would have expected, you know, to where like even a small little antidote, like I have, you know, foreign translations, which is always wild to me. And I have, I have bootlegged copies of a couple of my books in Iran. (laughs) <laughs> and and I probably have my most passionate fans in Iran, you know, and uh, they've done a documentary about me. They, I mean, it's just, I mean, they've come to my house. I mean, it's because there was a filmmaker that he, he felt like his life got changed by reading my book in Iran. He came to the States and now he's a filmmaker. So he wanted to make a documentary. That's so amazing. But it was just so wild. Like if I, I how much hubris would I have to say, well, I want to write a book that's going to impact people in Iran that are 10 year young, years younger than me. And I know nothing really about the culture or what it's like to be there, but I really want to do that. You know, that would be so unfounded and so foolish to think I could do that. And yet that's been one trickle effect of sticking with it, of being stubborn and being passionate about what I was writing about. And then, and then, and then just running full speed. Once that momentum started going, just trying to leverage every little bit of success I had, because it took me so long to get any of it. At least it felt like that to me that I just was like, I'm going to, le- I'm going to leverage every little thing I can possible. That's so, you said so many things that are interesting. I mean, I think there's so much to the surrender, the conversation with your wife where you're like, you're right. And I believe this is a spiritual thing. The universe is like, okay, you learned your lesson. And what a testament to the non-overnight success because you had the skills to back it up. Uh, you had the experience, you had the, you know, all of the things. Um, I, I'm still waiting for my breakout success. My career is a testament <laughs> to just consistent Bs. I haven't had the A plus. And, you know, and, and so I think also this is such a this is such a thing about writers. It's so easy to look at someone else and go, Oh, I want that. Like we're so, all of us are so lucky to have any piece of the pie. Like I I used to kind of go, Oh, I didn't get what I deserve. What if I got more than I deserve? Mm -hmm. What about Mm -hmm. that? So, so, okay. Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company legacy launchpad does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. So you have, um, you have, you know, Iranian documentaries. <laughs> you have your books. And I want to say a lot of the people that I talk to say, oh, I really want to go- do traditional publishing because I want my book in airport bookstores. Somehow airport bookstores have gotten fetishized. And, and, and so, and Hudson will take money. You know, I think it's 10 grand. So yeah. you get your book. And by the way, I bought adulting in an airport bookstore, well, see, which is there like, you go. I've ne- I never buy books in airport. Yeah. Like, what's the big deal about the airport bookstore? People fun, think it's a big deal. Fun full circle. I, I, uh, yeah. And it's, you know, and getting into target, I, I never dreamed I would get into target. It's really hard to get into target. Like, Very hard. And, and I have a smaller, my publisher is a smaller publisher. So it was like one of two books or three books that they probably have ever gotten in a target, you know? So I'm a real, it was a real rare occasion, but then people would discover you in target, which was fun. I mean, cause books are faced out. 
Yeah. They're not just shelved. And so I have people like finding me for the first time, Instagramming me while they're in the aisle of Target still and like showing me their shopping cart and like, I, I'm loving this book, you know? So it was a real surreal experience, but it didn't a bit again, it didn't start like that at all for me. Yeah. I mean, that, that was literally like 15 years from I'm going to write a best-selling book to then seeing that first book in Target was, was a 15 year journey. Um, yeah. And there was a ton of surrender. You know, I, I love how you said that. I mean, over the course of time, there were so many seasons of complete surrender yep. and, and really figuring out, okay, what am I really in this for? Yeah. Which, which I think all authors, I think if we're going to keep doing it, like we all come to that place where we really fully understand, like, it's not about that, that sexy dream that we maybe once had, but when we get down to the heart of it, that's, what's continuing us to keep. So I always ask, you know, 20 somethings, especially, or anybody struggling to figure out what they want to do. You know, what is something you cannot not do? Like you, you have to do it. Like it's so meaningful to you because it's so ingrained in your story and in your failures and your own pain and in your passion. And it's all coming together for something really special. And Mm. you're going to be willing to, to go through way more obstacles and way more rejection and no's than anybody else. Uh, that's maybe trying to tackle the same thing. Um, so, and then I've had other books. I, I, I'm on my, I've done four books now and each one it's its own story and I'm working on number five, but not all of my books have been commercially successful. You know, I've still had moments uh, I've still had world that didn't sell as much as I hoped. Uh, yeah. even with one book that has been successful, it's been, each book's been its own story really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and so then let's talk about turning. So you turn the second book into a course or how did that work? Yeah. So then, you know, whole long story. It was, I, I ended up publishing the book I'd been working at all along was my second book. And it was called all grown up searching for self faith and a freaking job. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's like my memoir mm-hmm. and uh, the publisher that rejected me three times years before ended up publishing that book and right. not realizing they had rejected me because right. it was all different people. And I did not tell them that they had rejected me until after the contract was signed. Then I said, by the way, you've rejected this book tons of times before, but none of you realized it. So joke's on you. <laughs> and, and, and it just shows that rejection's not personal. It was literally yeah. just platform. And, it's, like, wasn't per- and it wasn't even permanent. I mean, they yeah. literally rejected me three separate times yeah. to only to be the publisher that published me. Yeah. And then my third book, we decided, well, let's make it a series with my first book. And mm-hmm. we'll do, we had 101 secrets in your 20s. Let's do 101 questions you need to ask in your 20s. And again, I kind of followed the same model What in the sense that that was a blog post where I wrote 11 questions you need to ask in your 20s, and it did really well. And so, I mean, that's the beauty of you know what I call market testing, to put it in big business sense, yep. your business terms, you're market testing your ideas. So you're seeing what uh, the market, what the audience is resonating with. Mm-hmm. And I really took that information and said, well, gosh, people seem to really dig this idea of questions as well. Like what questions do I need to be asking? So let me make that my next book and become a series. Mm-hmm. And, and then that is how my first book got into Target was I had the new book that was tied into my first book. Again, leveraging, leveraging the crap out of everything that I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they pitched both books together mm-hmm. and then they brought both books in. Mm-hmm. And so then I had two books in target, um, and had success. And then that third book, I also then, it turned into a course Mm. 
And a lot of the material, the questions were in my course and vice versa. It was kind of all inter- interweaved together. And so how did you actually convert the book into a course? So here you have 101 question, uh, questions, yeah. yes. And so how is that a course? Yeah, so then, so then my course became signaturesauce.com. Mm-hmm. And my whole metaphor was, is that we're all chefs in a kitchen, in a sense, and we're all bringing these ingredients together that are unique to us, where we live, our story, our values, our strengths, our skills. And we're putting together this flavor that the world needs, that the world yeah. is hungry for, that is unique to you, that hopefully people are going to be lining up at the door to have. And so within my course, I have 10 ingredients that I feel like go into your signature sauce. So I was basically trying to take my books and go one step further. So there was more of a deeper interaction and engagement level. So where I could take, so I was taking group, I was basically doing it as a group cohort. And so smaller where I'd take like 40 to 50 people and we would go through it together and I would jump on a one once a week call. Yeah, I saw, I was checking out your course and it looks like you still do that. You still do a weekly call. Yeah. So I, I do have done it. You know, it's ebbed and flowed. You know, there's been some seasons where I've been more heavily involved in the course. And then some seasons where people can't, they can self-select to join and just mm-hmm. go through it at their own pace. So it's still, it's always open. So sometimes they do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, but- and, and it becomes worth it. It's, you know, if you have 10 students, it's not worth your time even though you really want to help people, what, at what point does it become quote worth your time? How many students do you need? Yeah. I think if there was, you know, and and, you know, we can price our courses all differently and that's the beauty of courses. You know, I've heard like Steve Harrison, a guy is a guy who helps authors a lot. And I've heard him talk about, you know, people know what to pay for your book. People don't know what to pay for your course. Mm -hmm. It's more subjective. Mm-hmm. And so there is a, a beauty in the sense that you can have different price points for those different levels of engagement mm-hmm. f- for, you know, and, and people, you know, they might think, you know, $500 is a steal or a thousand dollars or, or a hundred dollars, you know, and even at a hundred dollars, well, that's like 10 times more than they probably are paying for your book. Yeah. So that's cool. So for me, it was like if 25, 30 people, if I mm-hmm. had that amount, it was totally worthwhile to me. And it's uh, kind of more research, hearing yeah, what they have to say. Exactly. And to hear that real life discovery mm-hmm. where they're not just maybe even emailing me uh, reactively to something that I've written, but I'm experiencing it with them. Um, it's almost a little bit like a speaking engagement, which is another part of you know how the business gets leveraged into speaking yeah. engagements, is that is that real-time interaction, which mm-hmm. we just don't have for the most part as authors, you know, when we're writing our book, when we're, you know, have our head down and we're just working on the book. So to have that real time kind of engagement is really helpful to see, okay, what is actually working? What is, what is meaningful? And what is something I need to dive into deeper, maybe even mm-hmm. later on, that's your next book or your next mm-hmm. speaking engagement. Mm-hmm. And so what advice would you give people who want to either turn a course into a book or turn a book into a course? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think at, I think at the core, at the heart, it's got to be something that's that's obviously extremely meaningful to you. Like you, I think a lot of times you've you've had to have personally gone through the frustration, the hardship, the obstacles you've overcome. In a sense, you haven't had to, you haven't even had to completely overcome. I don't think any of us have ever completely overcome. 
but it's got to be so meaningful to you that you're going to be willing to go through the time and energy uh, and and hardships to, to create something really of value and that's meaningful. Okay. And then I think all along the way, whether it's a book with the to, into a course or a course into a book, it, it's really getting that feedback, tapping into those feedback mechanisms that you can to just like a comedian, you know, would, you know, right to, they're going to try to work on their hour content, you know, their hour talk, their hour yeah. stick. Set. Yeah. Hour set. Right. And, and they're constantly whittling it down with every engagement, with everything to get to the real heart of, okay, what is my strongest hour? Yeah. You know, I think we're doing that as course creators, as authors, uh, as bloggers, as podcasters, whatever medium you're taking on, you're getting that feedback me- mechanism, you're market testing your ideas to figure out, okay, A, what am I most passionate about giving my time to? And B, what does what's seemingly resonating the most with my yeah. audience? And do those two align? Or how do I make them align if I can't see how they align right off the bat? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like, so if, if you're going course to book, it's, uh, you know, it's easier if you're doing cohorts and you're having, you know, live experience with people so you can see their reactions. Um, but otherwise, um, you know, do, do you think it's taking the modules and converting them into chapters? Do you have any advice for that? Yeah, I think it could work that way. And, and, and mine's not super straightforward even e- either where my name of my book's 101 questions you need to ask in your 20s. And let's be honest, your 30s too was my subtitle. And then my course is called Signature Sauce. Right. So for that one, I didn't even carry over the same name. I felt like within the course format, I could wrap my mind around like 10 ingredients. Here's the 10 things we're going to work on. And then these questions infused into those, those ingredients. So I, yeah. I, I, I did retailer it yeah. in, in a way that I felt fit a course uh, the best. And for the course too, I did get help. So I had a great couple, Heath and Alyssa Pageant who they're, they're RVers and they have RV books and RV campgrounds. They're great. They're entrepreneurs, podcasters, great people to check out. Um, but they helped me. They lived with me for like five days uh, and we just filmed and they helped me with the, okay, what is this you know, process? What, what do we need to make into our course? Is this working? So I did have even real-time feedback from other creatives and professionals. So I was not trying to do it in a silo. Yeah. Um, which was helpful because that was my first foray into, into building a course. I didn't know what I was doing really. Yeah. It's, and they just, they were friends of yours or they moved in to help you. They, I paid them, you know, so I paid oh, them. Yeah. Yeah. So I paid them to come film Yeah. and to come edit and yeah. graphics. I mean, they were like the one-stop shop as a couple and yeah. I don't think they're don't, don't hit them up now. Cause I don't think they're doing this yeah. as much now. Um, but finding those people, I think was ex- to, to make that investment. Yeah. And, and it was like, well, and, and in one course, you know, if I launch, you know, 30, 40 people, you know, figuring your break even points and it makes complete sense. It's like, if I launch one cohort, I'm going to, I'm going to pay all the expenses, you know, of, yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. And then from then on it's gravy. So yeah. it only made sense for me to invest my own finances Mm-hmm. into the building of the course to make it as good as, as I could. And that's what we always tell people about books. It's, you know, you can find people 
it, it, you know, who will who will write and publish a book for five thousand dollars. You can find people who will do it for five hundred thousand dollars. But, um, you know, invest in that. If, you know, if you're mm-hmm. going to write your book yourself and you can't get a publisher, invest. Don't just go throw it up onto Amazon. It's just not, yeah. you know. Um, this has been so great. So if people want to find out more about you, reach you, uh, where's the main place they should go? Yeah. Allgrownup.com is still my home base. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, G-R-O-A-N, allgrownup.com. And you can snag free chapters from all my books. If any of these books sound interesting, you can get free chapters. And you have a free course, Uh, it looks like. And I have a, yeah, so you can take a taste test of the course of the signature sauce course mm-hmm. um, where you can do three, a uh, three uh, module, three lessons of get it. And I think though that's called getting unstuck. And so you can sign up for that through signature sauce.com uh, or just find me at Paul Angoni. And mm-hmm. if you can spell Angoni, good luck, you know, with that, you're better than most people. Cause uh, it's a hard Italian name to spell. Glad you um, pronounced it for me so I can do the intros. Yeah, that's pronouncing it correctly. My, my middle name could is Anthony, so I could be Tony Angoni <laughs> if I wanted to be a true Italian. So that's uh, sometimes mobster easy way to... <laughs> alert. Um, okay, well, Paul, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure, and um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to Entrepreneur publishing.academy where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. And please don't forget you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. Another forget-me-not, my company Legacy Launchpad Publishing is available to help industry leaders those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing, just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode. You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing one.